Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I am Bree. And today we have with us the famous book blogger, Kim, from the Reads You Writes book blog. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. How has your 2022 treated you? Honestly, 2022 is really, really hard. It's like I discovered that um, burnout was real. So oh, yeah. that was that was insane. It's like I didn't want to pick up a book to read. I didn't want to like get on my computer. It was it's been a bad year, surprisingly. Did it happen for you like at the beginning of the year? I think mine every year is the summer, you guys. I don't know what it is about the summer. I think the pandemic started and you know, needing to be by myself. My husband came home, my kids came home, and there was no Kim time. Yeah. And that was difficult. And so it was like, I've been with my kid for like a hundred and something days. And I'm going, this is bad. And so blogging changed for me during that time because we had a remote learning going on and I lost my space because my husband took over the office. And I'm in the, I'm like at the dining room table with my kid during school work and everything else. So things changed and I started limping along and not realizing it. And then the beginning of this year, it just hit. And yeah. I still tried to go go with it. And I think June, July, I was like, I'm just done. I can't do it. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it's been difficult. I think a lot of people are experiencing the burnout. I know I personally have had some weeks where I'm like, what am I doing? I feel like I just spent an hour walking around in circles. I totally feel you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sometimes I have days where I feel like I've been so busy, but then at the end of the day, it's like, what did I even accomplish today? It feels like nothing. Yes, I've had those days. All right. Well, are you ready to get into some icebreakers? Okay, I'm ready. Well, if you came with a warning label, what would it say? (laughs) That's like a really hard question, so I like had to think about it. And I think I would say caution attacks when provoked. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I, I... I'm like, I think I'm a pretty nice person, but if you make me mad, me like really, really mad, and you see a totally different side of me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that. I mean, what's your sign? What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Virgo. Okay. Okay. I feel that. I mean, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm like, I'm I'm so nice, but if I get angry, it's terrible. <laughs> no, it was just, it was really funny. I went to Hobby Lobby, and I bought something, and- I paid full price for it. And the lady said something to me that made me think, wait a second, this stuff is going to be on sale on Monday. And so I took, I called to say, hey, the price is different. Can I like get, a re- get like a refund? She tells me to bring everything back. And I'm like, but I bought like 12 items. I got to bring them all back to get a price adjustment. She's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm doing this. And some of the tats are being taken off because, you know, I set my house up. So I'm thinking I'm going to use this stuff. So they had to like do research and everything. And my oldest daughter was like going, I'm not going in with you. It's safer (laughs) for me if I don't go in. And I'm like, it's not going to be bad. I mean, I'm going to be good. And she goes, no, I'm not going. Kids are so smart. (laughs) This one time, I think I waited like an hour for Walmart to bring me my my groceries out. They missed, they gave like part of my order to someone else. And they just (gasps) didn't tell me that. So they're rushing to like get everything. And when they finally came out, I was so mad that I, I was shaking. And oh, like, I'm trying to still be nice and just control myself. My daughter was just like, oh, my God, this is bad. So so that's me. I mean, I'm, I'm nice until you make me mad. See, my husband is always like, 
why don't you take advantage of the curbside to go like my big grocery shopping days at the beginning of the month? And I'm like, I've seen them in the store, like shout out to the workers in the grocery store. Like I know how hard they work, but like I don't always think that they put like they'll tell you we don't have an item. And I'm like, it's right there. Like you have the item. I like to go in there and just do it myself because <laughs> I just don't trust it. I've seen them in there. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. I went to this one place. I mean, I'm in Texas. I don't know where you guys are, but in I'm in Texas, Texas too. <laughs> okay. So you know about HEB? Yes. HEB is like amazing. This was, I think it was Valentine's Day before everything got shut down in March for the pandemic. And um, there was this, these individual meals that was like shrimp scampi, I think, or something like that. That's what I wanted. And they didn't have it. And when I called and say, hey, you just don't have this kind of change it. And the, before I even got it out, the ladies like going, don't worry about it. I had to make you some more. And I'm like, wow, that's like amazing. So they were good. It was just, I think when you get busy, we have like, what was it? Like was like six cars in line that day. So it was hard for them. I get it. It's just, if you would just tell me this has happened and I'm like, I could wait, I can come back. No big deal. But don't, don't not say anything. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I found that it, it just doesn't save time. Like I'll, I'll put in a pickup order, but then I will spend the next hour texting back and forth with the person shopping because they, they need to substitute half yeah. of the things on there. So it's like, okay, this didn't save me time. I don't do substitutions. I'm like going, no, I don't want that. G- give me like the name brand stuff. If you don't have it, that's fine. I'll go yeah. someplace else. Well, can you name one of your favorite childhood books for us? Okay. So my parents didn't encourage me to read as a kid. So I didn't necessarily have a favorite book until third grade. And my third third grade teacher introduced me to Fudge by Judy Bloom. And so because she introduced that book to me and she did all these voices, I will remember her for the rest of my life. Oh, I love that. So, but yeah, so Miss Metlock was like the best third grade teacher ever. And because of her, my kids have to read Fudge. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was thinking about Judy Bloom the other day. It's funny. I mean, I think she's great. I mean, I it, it's I remember what was it like sixth grade? All the girls were reading Dear Gro- Dear God Is Me, Margaret, and I had no clue what they were talking about. I was like twenty eight, and I'm like, when well, I'm going to read this book, and I was like, this is cool. Now I see why everyone loved it so much. Well, what is one of your guiltless pleasures? Guiltless pleasures. Um, watching Love After Lockup the franchise oh and and um the 90 day fiance franchise series like oh all my of those gosh. okay you have to explain 90 day fiance i've never watched it but i used to work with two men one of them was my boss and one was just like a peer and they would spend hours like talking about 90 day fiance and i'm like why are you guys even watching this show <laughs> So Nine Day Fiance, um, you have Americans looking for love and they decide that they need to go out the country to find it. So they will meet someone online and spend like two years, seven years um, talking to this person online, flying back and forth to see them. And then they decide, well, I want to get married. So they get married, they get, they have to wait for, I think, some kind of visa. They're 
K-1 visa, I think, to come in. And then they come over here and they have 90 days to get married. If they don't get married within the 90 days, they have to go back to their country. Oh, wow. Okay. And and it's it's crazy because in the 90 days, you realize I've only spent like a total of a month with you. Yeah. Even though we've even though we've been talking for like five years. So everything's rushed. Like you realize you don't like the way the person sleeps at night. You don't like when they chew their food. It's everything's like condensed and you still have to get married. And you still have to get married. You still have to wow. get married. So it's like it's it's crazy. My husband starts started watching it with me. Well, the last season was the first season that I've actually watched the whole season before. And my husband watched it with me. Some episodes are maybe two hours, an hour, half. It takes us three hours because my husband will pause and he will complain about everything that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, for him, he's like, he's a, he was a psychology major. So he likes to analyze people and see how people react to things. So he does that. It is just like, it's funny because he'll just sit there and shake his head like, well, I can't believe this. Or he, he, he's left speechless by something that someone does. So it's, it's interesting. But um, he's that person who has decided if it's a weird show on any of the streaming services, he's going to watch it. Yeah, that's got to be interesting for him to watch with his background. Because I think, I mean, I haven't really watched anything, I feel like, since really the real world. Like, I have not committed to a lot of reality TV. Like, I'll dip my toe in. My husband's watching, like, Big Brother now, and he's obsessed. And I just think that all of them are, like, these psychological studies. I don't know. That's how how it feels to me. So it's got to be interesting for your husband. I think they are. There's There was some show... I remember I was trying to, I, I was like trying to type up a blog post and my husband puts it on and it had to do with these, these teenagers or young adults setting their parents up um, to go on dates and the parents didn't know their kids were doing, doing this. So you have their parents who are divorced and they'll come in and they'll like try to pair off with other parents and the kids will sit there and watch and say, you know, let's make it where you guys have to go to a wine tasting and like one parent doesn't like wine tasting and it was it's just like interesting to watch i forgot the name of the show but he loved that show wow yeah well i love little matchmakers in my romance books so i could totally get into that show i bet yeah aaron that's got you written all over it (laughs) (laughs) this stuff was crazy i mean they it was very crazy and I'm, i'm not even sure if the parents even ended up being together at the end but it was a definitely an interesting show. And then Love After Lockup is where people um, have relationships with people in prison. Mm-hmm. And then they get out and they start dating them in the real world. That's got to be interesting. <laughs> that has to, that's like crazy. Because I mean, because it's like, well, my husband was like saying that like for some women, it's they're okay with dating a guy in prison because they know where he is 24-7. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. <laughs> but it's just kind like, of like the ninety-day fiance, right? Like you're you're communicating with someone, but you the real testament of like, are we actually going to work? Really doesn't come until you are physically in the same space, you know. So I don't look at it as like, oh, this guy's in prison. It's like here you are in another situation where you can't physically. I don't know that physical presence. I think is so important when you're dating someone. So it's I think it's interesting to see. How's this going to play out when the person is actually released, you know? It is interesting. And usually those relationships 
don't last. I would think they I mean, would <laughs> you, don't, you, you really don't know the person. The person's been in prison for so long that they don't know how to interact in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, not I'm to be a- funny, but I'm sure they're lonely, you know? It's like, I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> most of these, most of the people are talking to multiple people at one time because they're getting money from them. I'll tell yeah. me that part out. I'll let that part out. Yeah. So they're getting like money on their account from multiple people. So they're just talking to get money to buy yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. My partner uh, used to work with the soon to be released and very, very, um, early in their release from incarceration. And it's, yeah, they, they said that it's a big adjustment for these people to even just go through the process of applying for an apartment or applying for a job and things. Just the adjustment to life itself outside of the system is rough enough. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like in five years how much technology has changed and oh, you've gosh. like been in prison for like 15 years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like sitting there looking at a smartphone, like going, what is this? Their mind has to be blown on TikTok. Okay. Like, what do you mean there's these 15 second videos of people dancing? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, to- I, I don't think I could do it. Well, can you share with us your romance origin story? How you became a romance reader? Okay. So, well, we, okay. So, 2008, my was a year Twilight came out. And, my family just moved to California. My daughter and I came back to Texas for Thanksgiving. And my oldest nephew was staying with my parents at the time. And my parents lived in a really small town. And you had to leave to go to the movie theater, go to the mall, all this stuff. He didn't have a car. He really, really wanted to see Twilight. And I'm like, what is this about? He's like, vampires. And I'm like, but I don't want to see vampires. And he gives me this, like, this really sad face. So we see, we end up seeing Twilight. And I realized... Ooh, I like this. And I started asking him all these questions. And he's he got tired of me. And he's like, there's a book. Just read the book. I look up the book. I'm like, well, that's 700 pages. I'm not reading 700 pages. And within that same thanks- week of Thanksgiving, my mom came into my room. And she has this book that she says she got for free. She throws it on my bed. And she says, since your head's always in the clouds, you can read this. And I was just like, well, what the heck does that mean? And she like, she walks out. I'm just like, okay. It was um, The Return of Rafe McCade by Nora Roberts. And I okay. read the book on the way back, on the way back to California. And I realized, ooh, I like this. Reading is kind of fun. And so the week after I got back, I ended up going to Barnes & Noble and I got Twilight. I read that. And so Nora Roberts and Twilight are who got me into read. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's affecting Twilight. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's it. That was it. It was like for, I could not get enough of Twilight. It was yeah. like the books came out. I was like at the store with them. I, um, when Twilight was like all the rage, um, Stephanie released Midnight Sun mm-hmm. online, I think through her website or something. And I actually read that online, like, however many pages that was I read like all the other little bitty stories that she released because I was like so into this book and I remember one one parent at my daughter's school walked by my cars we're like we're waiting for pickup and she's like what are you doing I'm like I'm reading a book and I held up the book and she goes that's a big book I'm like one yeah <laughs> and she's like she's kind of made a face and I was just like okay whatever and I went back to read my book I was happy so you know I had to thank them for that Twilight and Nora Roberts. 
Yeah, a shout out to Stephanie Meyer. Like, right. however is- you feel about Twilight, she brought in so many new readers. Yes, yes. You can't deny that Twilight is like the gateway drug for a lot of people <laughs> to just start reading in general. Yeah, it's like my my daughter, my oldest daughter, she does not like to read. She tro- She tried reading Twilight and she's like, I can't do it. Just give me the movies. And I'm like, but the books are so much better than the movies. And she's like, no. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Nora Roberts, I, it's just, I mean, I feel like you hear Nora Roberts was the gateway for so many people. Like, do you remember like what it was about that first book by her that you loved? I love the the connection of family. The brothers came back. They were they were gone for years from this this town and they came back and they connected with people. Like they reconnected themselves and they found love. I just, I just love that. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I usually remember details of every single book I read. I don't remember a lot about that book. Mm -hmm. Just that, that was one of the books that got you. That was, that was one of the books that got me. And from there, I went and started reading Nora's, um, I think it's like McCade series. Mm -hmm. No, McCade, sorry, McGregor series. I started reading that. And it was really funny because I had like a budget of how much I could spend on books. And and because I'm an accountant by trade, I did some um, funny accounting. And I I would like read like two books more than I was supposed to in a month. And I would like change my purchase dates so my husband wouldn't know that I was spending money. It, it, it literally took him like six months to realize what I was doing. <laughs> So I was just like, well, yeah, well, so we're not going to eat out today because, you know, I don't have any money. I, yeah. I spend it all. And he, because he was just like, he didn't understand. He's like, I just don't get it. But I'm like going, yeah, he happened to look into our um, our accounting system that we used. And he's like, why is this predated? And I'm like, well, <laughs> Oh man, I, that was like a typo. I but swear, yeah. the lengths romance readers will go. We will go <laughs> to the ends of the earth. Okay, we are going to get our book call in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so now it's like no big deal. It's like I I buy books, and he knows that either I've read them or I'm not going to read them, but it makes me happy to have them in my hand so he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Plus, I mean, I buy like a lot of horror queen books, and those things are like, they're Five, cheap bucks. and right. he's like going you know what if if you spend like 30 dollars a month on books that's okay because there's like a lot other worse addictions to have so yeah he's okay with that yeah, yeah. i'm so grateful for harlequin because i really feel like you're getting a bang for your buck like at this point i give myself kind of a budget i'll say okay you're only going to spend or you can only afford maybe $60 this month. And of course, you wait for that Friday sale. And it's like, you're getting a pretty good bang for your buck for that $60, you know, like that's yeah. five or six bo- books. That's if you're getting like a hardcover, that's maybe one hardcover and a paperback, you know, so I just I'm like, I don't feel bad. So I also read YA books. And mm-hmm. those are like, they can be like $18. And it's like, yeah, I got the book for free from the publisher, but I want it in my hand. And so I'll, I'll buy it. And he's just kind of like, okay, all right. And he goes, are you going to read that again? I'm like, no, I'm not. I just want to look at it. Yeah. It's like, you, you've, I, I know that's insane. I, I just want to look at it. So I'll pick it up and I'll flip through pages. I'm like, going, ooh, okay. And then I'm done. But I, I'll do this like, 
once every couple of months where I'll just go and look at all my books. And I'm happy. So Yeah, I think it's a thing as readers. We just like, be- it's like being surrounded by friends. I don't know. It's hard for us to explain. But to us, it makes sense. Like, you like looking at your shelves and seeing all these reading possibilities there. So I don't see anything yes. wrong with it. Yeah. You picked up the Nora Roberts. You read The Twilight. How did the book reviewing blog happen? Because we have such a respect for bloggers. As somebody who's tried to blog, I will say it was the hardest thing I've ever done social media wise, hence I'm no longer blogging. So tell us how it started. So it started as a joke initially. We got a we got a dog, a rescue husky, and it was supposed to be my husband's dog, but since he's working, I have to take care of the dog. And every day was like a new adventure. And so it was like a joke of like, oh, I should do a blog about a day in the life of Sammy. And we like we we joked about it for like a while. And then my daughter was like almost two or she was two. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of bored being a stay-at-home mom now. But it was really important that I be able to be with my kids when they needed me. So my husband was like, well, well you like to read while she saw a book blog. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, well, you can figure it out. So I sat there and one Saturday cried my eyes out because I couldn't figure out how to set up a blog and nothing was working for me. And my husband's watching me, but he refused to help me. And I was just like, I'm not going to let this kick my butt. So I finally did it myself. And I was like, really happy that I did it myself. So it got started because I had nothing else to do. And I've been doing it for like 10 years now. So I'm kind of impressed with that. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I missed my anniversary day. I remembered, but then I forgot that I remembered. So I didn't do anything for it. So I have to like make up for that later. Well, that goes into the next question. We don't think that there is an author or a book lover on Twitter and social media that doesn't know about you at this point. What was the journey like uh, at the very beginning and up until now? Well, the first part of your question was like really nice because I don't think anybody knows me. Oh, um, I mean, we literally talked with Reese Ryan and she said your name like verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love Reese. I, I, I love Reese. She's like, she's so cool. Let's see. What was it like in the beginning? It was hard. No one, publishers did want to take a chance on me. Trying to get a book from a publisher was just like non-existent. Um, I think this one day I... I asked for like 10 books and the publisher denied all 10 books because I wasn't established. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of blog tours with like various companies to try to get my name out there. It was, it was like hard. Now, when, when you say blog tours, I mean, you're, this is 10 years ago. Like I feel like now you can't, you know, cross the street without saying a blog tour. Did it feel like there was less 10 years ago than what there is now. I can just, I feel like now if you're a new blogger, I don't want to say that it's easy because I really doubt that it is. And still, like you said, like publishers want you to be somewhat established before they take a chance on you, I feel like. But I can imagine how much harder that was 10 years ago. Well, I, there's a lot of tour companies out there. I've learned to only deal with a few. I think, um, I think I only I only work with like two two tour companies now. Um, one I've been working with for probably like the whole ten years. Um, it was it's just some people are like they back then and up until like a couple of years ago, I was that person who tried to get all my posts done like two weeks ahead of time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some people will send you the information like the day before, and that doesn't work for me. It's like I have a family. I have stuff I have to do. I'm not actually glued to my computer sh- like all day waiting for an email. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it could possibly be easier now. Um, but for someone who wasn't tech savvy, who wasn't outgoing in the first place, it was a little difficult yeah. or very difficult. I saw that a lot too when I was um, when I was blogging, and I mean, I had already done YouTube. I'd been on Instagram. Like some tour groups would literally send you the book and be like, "Oh, you know, we want reviews in three days." Granted, a lot of romance readers read super fast. I probably could have gotten a lot of those books read in three days, but it was just like you're giving me seventy two hours to read a book and write a review for it. Like that just didn't sit well with my spirit. <laughs> Like, I, don't, I don't think I, I want to do this. So here's here's something about me. I'm dyslexic. So I don't read fast. Okay. I read I read slow. And I read slow because there's times I'll read a sentence and it makes no sense to me. And I realize I put a word in that doesn't belong there. Or I change the words around. So very few books do I actually just sit there and actually I, – I'm not that person who will read a book in two hours. Right, no. So I'm like, for like, who is it? You guys read Harlequin Desire books. For me, it takes me like a day to read one of those books. And when I say a day, it's not necessarily in one 24-hour period. It's like I'll read like three hours here and then I'll have like a squirrel moment where I have to do something else. And then yeah. the next day I'll come back and I'll finish it. Um, so it it takes – so that's why I say it'll take me like a day because it's – like two days, but it's actually really like one day if you count count all the time spent together. So I I read slow, and then it takes me a while to like process the book and see what I like, what I don't like about the book. But I I wish I was that person who could read like three books in one day because I I saw someone did that. I'm like, going, that's crazy. And I know there's like this one blogger, or maybe she's just a reviewer. She read like 300 books in one year. I'm like, one, how is that possible? And I asked her about this one book because I was like interested in reading it. And she goes, um, I don't know anything about that book. And I'm like, going, but you reviewed it. And she goes, I did. And I'm like, going, yeah. And she goes, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, re- I remember some, like I said, I remember something about every single book that I've read, even years later. Yeah, that's a conversation that I feel like we've had a lot because following people on YouTube and, and being friends with people on YouTube, like there are there are booktubers who read easily 600 plus year, books a year. And that's like incredible to see. But I'm like, I'd rather read maybe 115 to 150 and be able to talk about something from each. I feel like the higher you get, it's like, you should be able to, you know, have a conversation about that book. I don't know. Like, it's just, it takes yeah. something away from it, I think. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, you, I love the fact when I run into someone, I say, oh, I read books. And they're like, oh, how many books do you read a year? And I'm like, oh, like 50 to 100. And they're kind of like, what? And I'm like, going, yeah. yeah, that's a lot to some people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like, that's, you can tell it's not the answer they were expecting. They were expecting me to say, like, maybe like 12. But I'm like, going, no. And he, because it was like a guy from Starbucks, and he and he was just like, really? I'm like, going, yeah. But he's like, yeah. okay. I but love what I, I have, do that. <laughs> I have to say, I love this thought because you hear about people who say, oh, I'll read romance books, and then they get criticized by the person they're talking to. I've never had that experience. That's cool. So, so yeah, that's, that's like, great. that's really cool. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm that person who I say, hey, you read books. What do you read? And they're like, oh, I like, I like read mysteries and biographies. And I'm like going, really? That's what you read? You, you don't <laughs> read romance? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about this genre we call the romance genre. <laughs> I love when I get that, like, you read how many books? And I'm like, look, guys, I also love graphic novels. Like, I count everything. If I'm reading it, it's a book. So, okay, I like a random question here. So if anybody that's listening is a new blogger getting into the game now, what do you what would you what advice would you give them? Like, should they start with like, just reviewing everything they're reading? Like, maybe hold off on like signing up for tours and stuff first, like the establishment piece. What, what advice would you give to them for that? So I'm never sure what a publisher is looking for. Um, so I say, I say get on blog tours. Okay. And, and see what happens. I mean, it's when I started blogging, it was, you had, let's see, there was like this one company who actually was a reviewer as well. And she would do tours and, and she had this huge following. So her following would like visit every tour, every stop. So I got like people because of that. And she will also sit there and do these giveaways where you're part of the giveaway. And people see you when you do giveaways, but it's like giveaways can be like really expensive at times. Oh, yeah. They get they get expensive, but I mean, that's a way for people to actually see you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so I say I say start with like doing blog tours just, and just put yourself out there. Put, yeah, put yourself out there. Start with blog tours, um, review books, tag tag the um, publishers on okay. social media. Yeah. I mean that some some of them actually notice. So I would suggest doing that. And if you can, just get it in with like someone with a publicist at a publishing house that you're interested in. Yeah. And talk to them. Well, sometimes it's it feels like people underestimate or maybe just don't understand how much work goes into running a blog. So can you take us through like a typical week or even just a day and let us in on your process? Okay. Um, so I do things the hard way, which is crazy. Um, I will I will start with like seeing what I have what posts I need to get done for a week. And if it has to do with a tour, then I will download the media kit and create my own post for it because I like to have my own unique um, look for my blog. Um, and then I sit there and I, I like read all the excerpts that come to make sure that it's an excerpt that fits what I think I want to read, hoping what someone else wants to read it. I then um, check to make sure that all the links actually work because sometimes those links don't work. Doing like a post for like a blog tour can take like an hour, hour and a half from like start to finish. That includes me posting to social media and, and scheduling those posts. Then if it's a week where I need to write a review, I start out with an outline and any notes that I've taken that you usually see on Goodreads from me. Then I go through the book itself and see what highlights, because I highlight like crazy when I'm reading. So I see what those highlights are. I make notes of all of those. And then I actually handwrite every single review that I do and read it out loud, then type it up, sit on it, then look at it again, and then have my husband look at it because sometimes I'm a little too close. So my my day is like from, from 10 to 2.30 and then from 4.30 to 6.00. Because of spec of school schedules and everything. 
And I used to be I used to be better at it before the pandemic. I used to like have my stuff done and like two weeks out. Now I'm I'm lucky if I do it the day before something's due. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, you do a great job because sometimes you have you know a post every day. Yeah. I try. I, I, I really try. It's like I in my mind I think if I don't have a post, then people are gonna think that I just left. Right. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't want people to think that I just disappeared. Well, you say on your website that you have some author crushes. Can you share some of them with us? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you like four or five in no particular order. Um, Karen Booth, Reese Ryan, um, Kelly Kane. Um, who else is there? Um, ooh, I really, I really know. Hold on a second. Naima Simone. Yes. Tracy Douglas. I love her. It's it's really interesting. I love Tracy. And I'm like going, you know, this is sort of going to go to something, another question that you guys are going to ask me later. Like, I love Tracy, but I don't think I hardly ever give her a five-star review, but I mm -hmm. love her. Yeah. Okay. So I'm feeling like your, your, your go-to line is feeling like it's desire. <laughs> <laughs> that is my go-to line. Okay. I mean, I have, I have, um, Ooh, let's see. So we moved in March. And one of the things my husband wanted to make sure was that I had enough book space, bookshelf space for all my books, and I could display them. So we got we have this huge bookshelf that's upstairs. And I couldn't figure out how to get my books all there. So I I have um I think the space is like 12 by 12, like for one shelf of a book of the bookshelf. I have Harlequin Desire books that are triple stacked. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like, th there's three rows and like seven books going on top of so far. That was just that one line. Um, but yeah, I have like over 230 books. I, I love that. I feel like at this point, some of my shelves, the books look like they're about to fall off the shelf. Like it feels like the back books are pushing them off. But you know, we're going to figure out a way to keep <laughs> Okay, so we were we've talked desire. Like, how did you fall in love with desire? Like, tell us what you love about it, and any of the other lines that you're like. Okay, if I'm not reading a desire, I'm reading this. You said Tracy, so do you like medical? Like, tell us all the deets. So you know, I don't read a lot of medical romances. Um, I think I've only read three authors, no, four authors from the medical romance line. Um. The first Desire book I read was from Karen Booth. Mm -hmm. What book that was, I do not remember. But I'm sure I have it on my shelf. Um, and then I met Reese at a RT convention, what, like two, like five years ago, five, six years ago. And up until the time I hadn't read one of her books. Um, but I was like, well, I need to read her. I, I love her. I need to read her. And my first book from her was a Christmas book that was part of it was like two books and one. I forgot the title at this moment. Um, but I love that book because it was like a little girl who the line, the first thing the little girl says to the guy was, are you my daddy? And I was <laughs> like, I was hooked. Um, I think it was like his Christmas gift or something like that. But I think now that will be a desire before it, it was like a different line. It's it's authors. Okay. And it's, it's like authors and how I feel about the blurb. Um, for the longest time, I wouldn't read presents books. I don't. I don't know why. I think it was maybe because why I look at the presents book, it was like way too glamorous for me. Okay. Um, but Danny Collins, she 
is incredible. Oh, oh Aaron, isn't she? You're a Danny oh, yeah. fan. <laughs> she she's incredible. It's like you you go to her website and she has these excerpts, and you're just like going, okay, let me just see what this book's about. And you're reading this excerpt, and you're like, I need to read this book. It's like my life is not going to be complete till I read this book. So. I started reading her, and for the longest time, she was the only Presents author I ever read. And I think I read, I think her name is Abby Green. I read oh, one of her books. Yeah. Um, I believe it was like a story, Mistaken Identity, Twin Sisters. That was like, going, oh, that's cool. And um, then I recently read two debut authors um, for the line, which I'm like, did you read I'm, the Lila book? You read the Lila book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and you, was, did you read Bella? I think you read Bella Mason. Did you? How did you know that? Because we follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and, okay. and that's, that was just a standout debut presents too. That was just oh, that was fire. That book. And Bella's like I I like the fact that for me I didn't find it to be the whole huge dark moment, major conflict. It was. I thought it was like really smooth sailing with them, so to speak. Yeah. And they they brought out the best of each other. And that's that's what I love about books. It's I don't really necessarily want there to be this dark moment where it's like super bleak and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, same. I feel like sometimes you're just bracing yourself, right? Because you know it's supposed to happen. But when it doesn't, you're just like, oh, thank goodness, you know? Yes. It's refreshing. <laughs> it's like there was some Karen Booth book and I was just like, what are you doing? Are they, you're, they're not going to get back together. I can't believe this. And she worked really hard to like make things turn out right. And I was just like, I was told, I was like so afraid that it wasn't going to happen. But I mean, Karen, Karen's one of those authors who I think has those moments where she doesn't think she's good at what she does. And I'm like, you are a master at works. Her yeah. and Josh Wood, I mean, they, they're great. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joss yeah, has a book like what every other month. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think so. Because I was just like going, I can't keep up. Yeah. So I'm like going, you know, I'm not going to read your book, but I'm going to buy that from my shelf. And maybe one day I'm going to get to it. But she she's amazing. Right. Aaron and I, like, I think we we signed up to be, like, on her, her newsletter and, like, get the arcs from her. And we're like, man, as soon as you finish one, she's already sent you an arc for the next book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, I'm sorry, I have two books this month. And I'm like, how do you even write all this stuff? But she's so freaking good, though. She's so good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's very regimented, too, in, in her, her daily writing process. Like, it's she treats it as a day job. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of authors who, when that's all they do, that they treat as a day job, which is, I think, the key. A lot of them yeah. say mm -hmm. that you have to work within this time frame. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kim, with all of the books that you have read and reviewed, have you ever thought about writing a book of your own? I would love to write a book of my own, but I'm not creative. And I, I, I'm not creative. I don't think I have the ability to write something that anyone cares to read. If that makes sense. No, I, I, I mean, it makes sense, but I don't believe it. I know, I mean, like you're preaching to the choir and I'm just sitting here like, girl, you better write you a desire. Like, come on, Kim. You know, every time I read a Naima book, I'm just like, oh, I want to write a book. I want to be like her when I grow up. It's, I just love her writing. I mean, I've like, she started out with Entangled Publishing and I have been a fan since. Oh so, yeah, Naima is so good. I mean, yeah, she's very good. 
This is a fun question, Erin. I love that you put this on there. To any aspiring writers out there, what is the key to a five-star <laughs> book? Uh, from me, um, I have to love the characters. Okay. Um, yeah. Loving the characters, that's key. Um, it has to, the story has to seem realistic. And if you get me in my feels, that's like, that's amazing. I'm not saying you need to make me cry because sometimes I get mad if you make me cry, but you have to bring all those emotions out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, sometimes it's, it's usually easy because I think I give a lot of five-star reviews because I pick books that I know I'm going to love. Yeah. And I mean, and you said with category for you, it's, it's usually the author. So if, if you're picking your go-tos that never let you down, like, you know, I think that's a big part of it. Like if I pick up like a Rachel Stewart or something, it's like, yeah, I just kind of go in knowing it's probably going to be a five stars. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I look at every book as started with a four star and yeah. it's like, it's four stars, yours to lose depending yes. on what happens. And it's, I've, within like the last month, I gave a book three stars and I was just like, I hope this author does not see this because I just didn't get into the book. But I think it was probably the mood I was in to not allow me to get into the book or it was maybe a little too close to home for me as far as what the characters were going through. And I just didn't want to really deal with it. Yeah. But it was those those are tough reviews for me when I sit there and give someone a three star. I mean, because three stars doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It's just I don't want someone to sit there and see three star and then like their whole days like just like crashed because of yeah. that. I mean, three stars isn't like you said, it's not bad. And I'm I'm very similar. Like I kind of go into books. I, I go into it hoping that one, this is a new favorite. And kind of like you said, like I start with that four star basis, right? Like I've I, I'm a perpetual four star giver, you guys. And like I did, I gave a book three stars a couple days ago. And I, it's like the super hype romance right now. And it's just, to me, it's okay. It wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. But like, it wasn't my typical four star. Like four stars is my baseline. But sometimes it just is what it is. Like I, there, the book definitely had some problems, but also like kudos to you for like taking this chance kind of thing. So it's a three star and who knows, you can always bump star ratings up, I feel like. But like you said, like you don't want the author to see it and be like, man, three stars, that means it sucks. Like, no, not necessarily. <laughs> like I think three stars is, is pretty good. No, it's like, I, I remember I had, I did like a three star once and this author was really upset about it and I didn't actually do it I had a reviewer at the time and she gave the author three stars and it was this big old mess and I was just like I'm so done with you lady it was like this reviewer's opinion and she was right the book you gave her was one that you bought from Amazon and your formatting was still messed up your yeah. words were misspelled so she's being truthful which yeah. you don't want is someone to spend their money on this book and they get it and they think it's like it's trash because you didn't edit it properly. And then right. you're going to sit there and demand their money back. So would you like us to tell you the truth or would you like us to lie about it? So that was that was the last time I ever worked with an author before. Ever. Yeah. We were, we were done. She wasn't happy, but I'm like, you know, it was an opinion, which is what reviews are. So. Erin, I know you usually, you mostly use Storygraph, right? Like what's the rating system there? for you I think, so it's it's a one to five as well on there 
So I usually I usually try and I, I have to do it in bulk sessions. I'll go on to Goodreads and I'll I'll give the reviews and you know the star rating and and write a quick blurb because I'm I'm awful at at portraying my feelings about books like in a long review. I'll usually just say something sweet about it. Um, so I do pop over to Goodreads occasionally just to make sure that you know that that review gets pushed to to Amazon because I don't think Storygraphs reviews really get out there that much outside of the site. Okay. Yeah. And that's another thing for, I think, some some pressure for bloggers. And I'd be interested, Kim, if you've seen this. Like, I remember there were some tours that, like, if you were going to rate the book three stars and below, you had to send the review to the publicist first. And I'm like, that feels a little weird to me. I've never been in that situation before. Um, I don't review for blog tours, though. Okay. Um, the ones that I see, or if it's not three stars of are above then don't post it right now wait two weeks or until a tour is over then post it okay okay but yeah i i don't review for for the tours because usually when the tour you find about a tour like a month ahead of time generally and my schedule is like already planned out for months in advance so i don't know i don't generally have time to fit that in but this year's different because my my reading schedule has just gone out the window yeah. It's like I'm reading I read what I want to read at the moment. It's, it's I think I yeah, I got off schedule in June. So now I'm just like reading whatever I want to read. It's like if I look at my schedule and I'm like going, Oh, I feel like reading this book, then I'm gonna read it. So hopefully next year I'll be better. Yeah, I think that's one thing, you know, new people coming into the bookish blogging. I And when I say that, I mean, actual blogs, TikTok, Bookstagram, BookTube, all the thing. I think that that's everybody wants to get in and they want to get free books, right? And I don't think that people realize in the beginning what that really means. Eventually, you might get to the point where you are getting a ton of free books. But there are expectations with those books. And eventually, that reading can start to feel like work. And sometimes that sucks the joy out of it a little bit. And you get to this point where you're like, I just want to read whatever I want to read. So I think people have to really be careful and you have to pace yourself. But I think it's just it's something that isn't really expressed to like new bloggers and stuff like be careful what you wish for because you might start getting those free books. <laughs> yeah, it's like I didn't I wasn't looking at reading as a job until an author pointed it out to me one day. Because it was just, this was actually the beginning of the pandemic and the whole unknown. And I just couldn't read a book because I was just, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, I'm scared. I'm nervous. And this author was just like, you know, that's a job, right? And I'm like, it is? And she goes, yeah, blogging's a job. It takes like like all your time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because she was like, well, you know, when people are stressed or whatever they're starting to read, but since that's what you do for your job, you can't do it right now. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just uh, talking yesterday with my partner about uh, about recording schedules uh, this week and stuff, and they're they're like, and how how much are you getting paid for this? And and you know, I just kind of had to laugh it off, and and they're just like, well, you know, just the amount of time that you put into all of this stuff, like it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my god! So. This started out as a hobby, right? And at some point, my husband got frustrated because the weekends were supposed to be like our time, but I'm reading, I'm writing reviews, or I'm working on doing blog posts on the weekends. And he was just like, at some point, he goes, 
you do know that you're working 80 hours doing a hobby, right? And yeah. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you're working like 80 hours. So you need to like stop. So it was like, so there was a time where it was, I had to stop like working on the weekends and doing everything because I realized I needed to spend time with my family. And I didn't, I wasn't like conscious of what I was doing. Yeah, girl, the weekend now is my TV time. I get a lot of reading done during the week. Soon as like, <laughs> I've come to accept this about myself. As soon as like Saturday morning hits, I'm like, I'm just watching television all weekend. <laughs> no reading is getting done. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really that big in the television. Mm -hmm. I think it, my habits have changed. So usually the weekend, I'm like, I'm doing laundry. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that, I know it's the worst thing. I love doing laundry. I don't like putting away, but I love washing clothes and folding clothes. So that's, that's my time to like, just do that. And my husband yeah. knows to just leave me alone because I'm having fun doing this. <laughs> well, if you were creating a category romance starter pack, what titles would be in it? Okay, so let's see. We're talking about Desire. I would say you need to start with the Eden Empire series by Karen Booth and Reese Ryan's Bourbon Brothers series because I love that series. Oh, my gosh. Um, Heartwarming. I haven't read all these books yet. Um, but I, I hope to one day. Anna J. Stewart's Butterfly Harbor series. Yes. Because it's, that's like a little sweet. So that's great. Oh, there's like this new author who came out. Yes, she came out this year. Um, Darby Bay. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her Friendship Chronicle series. Oh, my God. That's that book. Like that series talks to me. It's like, it's real. It's, she's not holding anything back. That series is amazing. And um, Home to Owl Creek series by Bill Calhoun. Calhoun? Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's, that's a good series. I haven't read the – I think I started with like the fourth book in the series, but I love that series. Yeah, same. I need to go back and read like the earlier books. <laughs> but I mean, where I, I've I started, it's good. <laughs> yeah. So because one, um, one of the first books I read um, when I got – you know, way back when I had a nook, the first book I read was Special Delivery by Linda Goodnight. And that was like a, it was love inspired. It was a nice story. I just didn't like that. I felt that God was being shoved down my throat. God yeah. and religion. I love Belle's book because it's inspirational. There's mentions of God, but she doesn't shove God down your throat. It is, it's just, it's just like a nice series. So I, I love her. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Love Inspired and I I think I think of Love Inspired kind of like I think about medical where in medical they, they the characters just so happen to be medical professionals and in Love Inspired they just so happen to be people of faith. And sometimes right. you have those really you know I think the line tries like on there right for Harlequin it's like we don't want these to be preachy. Every now and again you'll get one that I feel like slides through the cracks and it, it is a little too preachy, but for the most part there's really good ones where it just you just know that there are people of faith and it's not overdone. And like those are the ones that I'm like, okay, I really really love this. Like don't shove it down my throat. Yeah, it's it was like I read Linda's and then it was like what like eight years before I read another another love inspired because of that. Um, but I think you have to. I forgot what what um, Bell said about 
there's something that she that you need to have in the book. I forgot what she said, but it wasn't it wasn't over the top. And it's like you you learn you she forces you to look within yourself in mm-hmm. her books, and I love that. Like the last book was like a second chance um, between this couple where one was lying about something. She was lying about the reason she broke up with the guy, and he had carried this this anger towards her for like five years. But oh, she had been was, sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he didn't know that and she didn't tell anyone. And the fact that Belle made you look within yourself to see how you would respond to a situation like that and make you put yourself in their shoes. I love that about her in the right yeah. now. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some round out questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Early bird or night owl, what time of day do you feel most productive? 10 p.m. Okay, I love it. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like a pumpkin at 10 p.m., so. Yeah. (laughs) I'm that person, I'll read it like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm happy. And my husband will roll over and look at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading. I have like, (sighs) I'm going to read like one more page, which is a total lie. (laughs) But that's how you know, like, I'm really into a book if it's 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm still reading. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'm I'm more productive at 10 because no one's around me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like quiet. What is one book you wish you could read again for the first time? Speed Dating by Nancy Warren. Ooh. It's like a really old book. I've read it like three times already. But that book, I, I love that book. And I, I don't generally read books from start to finish um, twice. I tend to pick up a book and look for like a scene and then find myself reading the book. But it's not intentional. But Speed Dating was intentional. Okay, I just pulled it up. So, okay, it was one of those Harlequin NASCAR books. Yes. Oh, it was a NASCAR. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's like, it's really old. But I mean, I love that book. Aaron, you got to check it out. <laughs> I, I will. I'll, I'll check it out and I'll, I'll tag Stacey Agdern in it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she loves us. Okay. All right. Tell us who your t- one of your teenage celebrity crushes were. John Bon Jovi. Oh, okay. Oh, really? You know, he is he is a great guy. Like just I, I saw something about some restaurants that he runs that um that payments like optional. It's encouraged, but uh it's essentially, you know, a a restaurant for anyone that can't, you know, can't afford a good meal, but you know, they'll provide a good meal. And he's and he's still married to his high school sweetheart, which yep. I think is just amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He was he was it. I mean, I used to have a poster in my room of him. Well, what is one of your favorite romance tropes to read? Friends to lovers. Yeah. And tell us one of your most recent uh unput downable reads. Okay. So I mentioned burnout before. Um I got like a little romanced out. So I turned to um, young adult, and it was fantasy. It was um, The Liar's Crown by Abigail Owen. Oh, okay. I love that. I find that fine. I turn to cozy mysteries all the time when I need a break. <laughs> no, I used to, but I'm like, I'm seriously behind on every single cozy mystery series I love. I'm like, I'm like three bits behind on each one of them. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to catch up. But yeah, cozy mysteries, sometimes you just need someone to be killed. So <laughs> I- <laughs> Yes. Well, do you have any upcoming blog posts that you're excited for and can tell us about? I am interviewing, or actually, I have already interviewed um, Bella Mason. That's happening oh, on that's happening on Friday. Provided I get my review written in time, so I'm like looking forward to that because oh yeah, she's great. 
it's that was like a really good book and i i love the whole um being a first-time author and having your book out there and being nervous about how people are going to react to you and everything it's just taking that chance i love that yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well plug all the places that people can find you online Okay, so I'm online at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I don't do anything with it. I just have it to watch videos. Um, I'm at Read Your Rights. Okay. All across social media, the same thing? All across the same thing. Okay. All right. Well, we will leave links to all of those down below. Thank you so much, Kim. This has been so yes, much fun. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you.